Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So some great news for once. My goodness, there's a lot of bad news, a lot of things to be concerned with, and a lot of things that, uh, some battles out there that we need to win against the global elite to maintain our liberty, freedom, and free market capitalism, privacy. But finally, there is some great news. And I always, uh, you know, when I saw this, the first thing that came to my mind was like playing an athletic where your team scores a goal or something like that. And you know how they always say, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they clap and all right, all right, let's go, let's go. And that's the exact same thing that came to my mind when I saw this tweet. So finally, there's some sanity in the world and it shows us that we can win this. This woke nonsense and the tyranny and the central planners and the authoritarians, they may have a lot of power, but at the end of the day, sanity can prevail. We just saw that happen today with the Supreme Court. So let's get over to this ASAP. Let me do a screen share. All right. And we're going to start with this tweet from Sean Davis. So Sean Davis uh, just tweeted out, by a vote of six to three, the Supreme Court just ruled that university admissions programs that use affirmative action and other race-based admissions criteria are unconstitutional. It's amazing that we actually have to have a debate (laughs) over this. It's like everything else that's going on right now. Do we really need to have a debate as to whether or not we should show kids porn or we should have drag story hour for five-year-olds? Do we really need to debate that? Do we really need to debate, you know, whether or not we should use race as as criteria for anything (laughs) i mean come on but unfortunately that's the world we live they say it's unconstitutional and violates the 14th amendment so i i don't follow this story closely and i don't really follow college admissions as most of you know I, i i realize that they're using affirmative action but i didn't know how pervasive it was until I read pretty much the summary of what happens at Harvard. And let's go ahead and pull this up. And I don't know if you guys realize, I didn't realize that this is what they were doing, or at least they were doing it to the extent they are. So let's read this here. I I think, I, I mean, I was floored. The admission process at Harvard works as follows. Every application is initially screened by a first reader who assigns score Scores in six categories, academic, extracurricular, athletic, school support, personal, and overall. Rating of one is best, rating of six is worst. In the academic category, one signifies near perfect standard. Okay, got it. And let's see what they're going on the score. Okay, they go on to say that this last category, which was overall, that's the category that includes the, uh, the race of the individual applicant, and then they break it down into much greater detail. Once the first read process is complete, Harvard convenes admissions subcommittees. Each subcommittee meets for three to five days, evaluates all applicants from a particular geographic area. Next step is Harvard process, the full committee meeting. Okay, got it. The breakdown of applicants by race. The goal, according to Harvard's director of admission, is to make sure that Harvard does not have a dramatic drop-off in minority admissions from the prior class. Why, why would that be good or bad? Why, why not we just have the people that have the most potential? Why is this not done strictly off merit? And of course, the pushback there is always, oh, well, George, we can't do that. Or else then we know that Harvard is so racist that all they're going to do is uh, the only people they're going to 
allow into the school are Asians. <laughs> or you know, maybe some white folks, if they're lucky, a few Indians here and there, and maybe some blacks and Hispanics, but the majority is probably going to be Asian, right, if we're honest about it. And they say, oh, well, we can't have this because this just shows racism. And I think it's ironic that these people are having to go through this process because they're implying that they themselves are racist, the admissions people, but yet they just can't control themselves. Like they don't want to be racist, but they know they are racist and they can't control their racism. Therefore, they have to make sure that the amount of minorities don't drop off to protect them from the admissions people that are trying not to be racist. I mean, this is this is complete mental gymnastics. <laughs> it's just, you know, at some point, the kid has to stand up and point out the fact that the emperor is not wearing clothes. And hopefully we're getting to a point where we are collectively doing that, for heaven's sakes. Now, I'm going to go back to this, whatever uh, they put out on this tweet, it seemed to be, have a little more of a summary here, and that's what we're looking for. So let me read this to you, a little bit of a review, but it's uh, similar to what they're saying. Oh, okay. Actually, that was the same. I apologize. It's what I was getting at was just in the next paragraph. The final stage of the Harvard process. Oh, here we go. At the end of the full committee meeting, a racial composition of the pool is tentatively admitted. Students is disclosed to the committee. The final stage of Harvard process is called the LOP, during which the list of tentative admitted students is winnowed further to arrive at a final class. Any applicants at Harvard consider cutting at this stage are placed on the LOP list, which contains only four pieces of information, legacy status, recruited athletic status, athlete status, financial aid, eligibility, and race. The full committee decides as the group which students to LOP. In doing so, the committee can and does take race into account. I mean, this is just unbelievable they were doing this. All in the name of, of, of not being, it, it's just, how can they not see this? They're, they're being in an effort to not be racist. They have to be racist. <laughs> they have to use racism. I mean, this is just complete bananas. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. It's very similar to that Tucker Carlson that on Twitter that came out, I think it was yesterday, where he was talking about how in order to save democracy, you know, for some reason, we always need tyranny or in order to save democracy, we always need a dictator. What? In order to have, in order to not be racist at Harvard, they've got to be racist. I mean, it's just, again, how they have to know that this is insane. 
Like the admissions people have to know that this is just complete bananas. And, and even if they think it's legitimate, then what that implies is that they themselves are racist and they just can't control themselves. So I, I guess that's what they're admitting. I mean, this just, again, it just makes no sense whatsoever. In the Harvard admission process, race is a determinative tip for a significant percentage of all admitted African-American and Hispanic applicants. I mean, it sucks that that's the way it is, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, what they're saying is that the a significant percentage of the applicants who actually make it into Harvard that are African-American and Hispanic basically got there because of their race. Do I like it? No, no. It, is it because of the color of their skin? Of course not. Obviously not. It's due to other factors. Culture being one of them is Thomas Sowell. So eloquently teaches us, but it is what it is. You, you, you can't, I mean, even if you were one of these individuals that got into Harvard specifically because of your race, would you really want to be there? I mean, honestly, for any of you watching this video right now, if you got a job or a position or something like that, just because of your race and it had nothing to do with your skills or your character or your integrity, I and mean, would you really want that job? I mean, every single day you go into work, how do you feel about that? You feel good? And, uh, and what is really unfortunate here is by admitting students who wouldn't be there based strictly on merit, they are omitting students who would, that might be Asian or Indian or, or heaven forbid, white, right? And how is that being fair to those students? And we always hear that the, you know, the young people are our future. They're our future, our future. Okay, great. Well, if the young people are our future, don't we want the very, very best young people based on merit to be in the very best schools? I mean, honestly, if we want to compete with, with the BRICS nation, if you want to compete with China, you think that they're admitting people to their top universities based on anything other than merit? I mean, come on. This is, again, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's just, it's, it's, little, it, it's a little shocking for me because I just didn't realize how integrated this was into their overall admissions process. I mean, it sounds like, you know, yes, sure, they look at your grades, they look at your athletic performance, they look at your, you know, the charity stuff you've done in the community, your school support and all your SATs or whatever. But it, reading this, it makes it seem like 90% of it is just your race. And then 10% of it is kind of all that other stuff that really doesn't matter. Now they go on to talk about the, uh, because the, the judgment is specifically against Harvard, excuse me, and University of North Carolina. Now, basically North Carolina doing the exact same thing. And I guess this was, and I kind of hesitate to get into the details here because obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not even a, not only am I not an expert, but I'm not even a beginner when it comes to understanding the law. But I think the overall, what you need to know here is right what we said at the top with this tweet, and that six to three decision from the Supreme Court today, today that ruled these university admission programs are unconstitutional and violate the 14th Amendment. Finally, finally, we get some sanity that is prevailing. And I read some other commentary on this that said that this is most likely going to take us through, I mean, decades to where these colleges will not be able to do this. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll have this filter through the rest of society. Because obviously, it's not just universities who are doing this. 
Uh, I'm sure it's corporations. It's, I'm sure that's part of the ESG score and whatnot. So hopefully this will set a precedence. I just text my good buddy, Robert Barnes, and I'm going to get try to get him on today to go over kind of in, in legal jargon what has actually happened. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you on the next video.